Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Montane Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker. For immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire power, Toyo four-wheel drive tires. Get a free wheel cover. Summer scorcher sale on now. Summer Breakfast with Miles Fitzner and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than that Good morning, 6.02am on a Wednesday in December. December 7th, forecast with cooler, 21 degrees. Miles Fitzner, Bryce Gibbs with you on your Wednesday morning. Good morning, Gibbsy. Good morning, Milo, on uh, this hump day. But it's getting exciting because uh, the Adelaide test is getting nearer. It's getting it, closer. It's very, very close. And uh, I love hump day. I love uh, test match time in Adelaide, plenty of functions, plenty of things on. But what it does mean is uh, we get uh, some handy guests on. And speaking of which, if you're just joining us this morning, Ian Healy, an all-time great of Australian cricket to join us in only about eight or ten minutes' time. And it's Keeper Day. Is that what we're calling it? We're calling it Keeper Day because we've, we've got Ian Healy on, who was a gun keeper. We've got Alex Carey on a bit later who's the current Australian test keeper and gun keeper. And we've got Peter Malinowskis on, who's the keeper of the realm. <laughs> yes. So it's keeper day. It's absolutely keeper, keeper day. I like it's that. It's keeper day. Keep it close. Keep it tight. Keep texting in. 0427154166. Two Signet Power Banks to give away. Two. I forgot yesterday. I'm not going to lie. I forgot. But in the lead up to the test match, we're giving away two today and two Tomorrow. Even more incentive to get your text through. Uh, if you've got a question for any of our keepers, that is Alex Carey, Ian Healy, and the keeper of the <laughs> of the realm, uh, the big Mally Malinaskis, uh, send them through because, yeah, as you said, two to give away. And uh, if you don't text through, I'll, uh, I'll take them both home. Are you expecting, are we just off the top, what odds do you give us that Malinaskis will let us know the venue for Magic Round on air. Well, they're, they're very close to announcing it anyway. So hopefully Do you reckon we can, get we can it? just poke him and uh, see if he'll uh, reveal all. I have been known to poke. Just to see what, what you can get out of him. Yep. I'm pretty keen on just, we're just, do you, is it Mr. How do you, how do you say it? Because when I've interviewed Stephen Marshall, because I've met him, I could always say Stephen, but is it Mr. Premier? Do I have to say Mr. Premier? The Honourable... So, and then can we ask him if we can call him Mally? We'll add it. That's not disrespectful, is it? No, I'm going to ask it anyway. We've been calling him that for a couple of weeks on this show. So we have. We've had no complaints sent through, so I think we might have to keep running with it. So, yeah, Mally around uh, 8 o'clock, Alex Carey at 8.15, and then uh, in Healy not far away to join us as well. Big show. Um, we've also got plenty of other things to talk about too. Novak's going to kick away summer of tennis here in Adelaide. We'll chat about that a bit later. Australian All Schools Track and Field Championships in Adelaide begins on Friday. Um, we're going to celebrate uh, essentially the whole the uh, 92-93 test match with Ian Healy and reminisce on that. So if you've got any memories uh, of Ian Healy, 0427154166 or give us a call 1300-736-736. And we're live from SNSA's Studio Lumo at One King William, powered by Lumo Energy. Um, 
quickly in the World Cup. We were sort of touching it early in the shows before we jump to our first break and get heels on the other line. Um, Morocco, where are we? They knocked, yeah, they did. They knocked Spain off. <laughs> they did. No one saw that coming. And I think they're the first African nation to, to advance through to the quarterfinals in the World Cup. So, well, Spain, Espanol, no, 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 no. Superman, no, live here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're gone. Um, but Portugal are currently playing um, the Swiss, and they are giving them a tune-up nice and early, too, in Brazil style. They certainly are 2-0 up uh, with only about 40 minutes gone in this game. So they're looking heavy favourites to go through to the quarters as well, uh, Portugal. So, um, yeah, there's plenty happening uh, towards the pointy end of this World Cup. And Ronaldo not in the starting lineup. He He's just a walking controversy at the moment. Wherever he goes, he's causing headlines. I'm not sure about the earring. That's, I saw that in the warm-up. Yeah. I was not sure about that. The, yeah. I don't mind an earring, but big dangly earrings, like he's sort of, I don't know, I'm not a fan. It's probably, it's probably worth half a million dollars too, oh, a few studs in it. And the rest. <laughs> um, a couple of things too, we're going to talk a little bit later. We've got two lists to compile. The top five grounds you've ever played on and also the top five golf courses from me in South Australia. Uh, talking about golf, you had a swing yesterday? Yeah, I did. I, I, I picked up a second hit in six months. How would you hit him? Not too badly. I'm still pretty ordinary around the greens. Um, a th- few three, four putts? Yeah, there was a couple of threes. You know, duff two chips, you know, when you have no f- touch. Yeah, there's nothing worse. But um, I picked up, I'm not going to read out my score, but I picked up, uh, I think I picked up 13 strokes from one week to another, <laughs> which which just stopping a few duffs and slowly working my way back to where just I should practice. be. Just, just practice. Well, it makes perfect. A bloke that um, uh, did used to practice and he was one of the best at it, uh, his name is Ian Healy. He's also SEN Zone up in uh, SEN Queensland up there. He's going to join us on the other side of this. It's Keeper Day. Ian Healy, Alex Carey, and the Keeper of the Realm, Peter Malinowskis, <laughs> to join us on the other side of this summer breakfast. SENSA, live from SENSA Studio Lumo. Back in a moment, Ian Healy to join us. On class-leading Kia vehicles. Tyre Power. Think safety this December. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tyre Power. Summer Breakfast with Miles Fitzner and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than ever. Welcome back. 12 past six on your Wednesday morning. Test match Eve in Adelaide and we love it. Miles Fitzner, Bryce Gibbs with you. 0427 154 166. We've nicknamed it Keeper Day. And we're going to start straight at the top because, like we said, Peter Malinowskis, a premier, the keeper of the realm. Alex Carey to join later. But this guy was the best of them all. He's also SEN's own up there in Queensland. He's a star, 119 test matches. And uh, to reminisce on the 30-year anniversary of the famous Australia West Indies test, Ian Healy joins us on the line. Good morning, Heels. G'day. How you going, all right? Very well, thank you, mate. Thank you for joining us. Um, we thought being the 30-year anniversary of the 92-93 test match here that we'd have a chat, that... The, Unbelievable finish. The Windies went on to win the series 2-1 with two matches drawn. But with two runs to win, McDermott uh, gets caught and uh, and Australia lose by one run. What are your memories of of that last partnership, Hills? It was when, when McDermott and May were at the crease, did you just think, oh, well, you pack up the pads, boys. <laughs> they can't really swing them. Or were you, or were you reasonably confident? No, no, we're gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And we blame Billy McDermott for batting so well that day. Well, how did we get so close? <laughs> um, so uh, Maisie was going fantastically well. 
um, for some reason as well, because <laughs> he he wasn't known for his courage. But um, yeah, they had a, a fantastic partnership. Uh, maybe West, the West Indies went looking for different ways of getting that last wicket. Uh, we still don't really know what it hit. Craig McDermott had his eyes so tightly shut with the short ball that was coming in at his body that he, he wasn't quite sure what it hit. Did it hit the back of his bat? Did it touch his glove? But the umpires were not going to call anything back anyway because, you know, Courtney Walsh and a few of the West Indians were already off the field running around like mad things. So so the umpires weren't going to say, no, no, not out. Um, no one sort of knew what it hit and, and what had happened, but uh, what... What a match. It was uh, really hard batting conditions, right? really good batting conditions right from the word go. Hard to get uh, players out. And then it sort of levelled out into a great match where the West Indies bowlers finally got on top. It was also JL's debut. Now, we're, we're looking, we're hoping that we've got JL and, and Bish on tomorrow. It was his debut. He's made 54 in the second dig on debut. They're commentating together currently. Bish has got him... Um, but he yeah. dug in. That sort of was sort of the making of Justin Langer a bit, wasn't it? Oh, uh, maybe not, um, because he then took a fair while to really establish himself in this round team, didn't he? He, had, he needed to fill in for Michael Slater in you know the turn of the century around two thousand and one, I reckon it was. So he still had a fair bit to do, but certainly demonstrated how gritty and tough he is. He was right from the word go, uh, filling in for Damien Martin. It, it had an, an accident, so. Um, yeah, yeah. Lang certainly uh, weathered a lot of storms in that innings. He got hit in the head a few times. And, but, you know, it, it was difficult. The West Indies were, were a very proud champion who were, you know, withstanding a challenger. And uh, we wish we had it done a bit better in Adelaide. Hills, I'm sure this has got to run at many a sportsman's night uh, around the country, but this is not my idea to play it. But I've got a small little grab here about your recollections of this test match. In the air, and that's another one. He's gone out for slip. Australia really in trouble here. Healy going for the wide one. That one just short of a length. It went flying away. And again, Hooper does the work. That's a good catch. And it's gone onto the stumps. A pair for Ian Healy. And that is uh, a terrific wicket for the West Indies because Healy plays so well in pressure situations for Australia. Ian Chappell could have said that you play well under pressure situations before he mentioned the pair. He really threw you under there. Yeah, uh, well, that's what you get. Uh, yeah, so I, so I made a pair and uh, we lost by one. Have you have you sort of, do you look back at that sort of though, and like you're the sort of character you make light of of a lot of those situations, but does that, does that sort of get brought up or you give that a bit of a run through a few of the sporties nights if you've done some with uh, your former teammates? Uh, no, I can't say that it does. Uh, we we were uh, totally down the next day and we we're walking around Adelaide and before we, we flew to Perth and we we're always worried about the, the Perth result and how it might pan out with the, the bouncy wicket and uh, the West Indies bowlers. But but uh, we, we were, you know, very regretful that, uh, you know, some of us didn't have as good a game as we wanted. Uh, my wicket-keeping was excellent um, and yet my, my batting wasn't so... So no, we, we were we we don't sort of go spruiking a failure for your country. So Hughes, we're we're really excited that uh, the Adelaide Test is upon us, and uh, we've it's the the crowds. Uh, do we need to worry about this uh, in, uh, in in Australian cricket at the moment? Obviously, the the Perth Test was uh, was very underwhelming with the with the numbers 
that turned up to watch the Aussies play. Uh, and it could have been for a number of reasons, but we're, we're certainly encouraging everyone here in Adelaide to get along to, to the test tomorrow. And, and traditionally, they, they will get a big crowd. So uh, do you think we need to worry? Do we need to be doing any more in this space to, to keep getting the numbers through the door on, uh, on the, during these test matches? We should be worried, yes, if, if our crowds are down. I'm not so sure our Perth crowds were terribly down, although I didn't ever get proven to me by the broadcaster that there was ten and 11,000 there, like they're saying was on the first day. But you put ten or 11,000 in at the Wacker, and it's not a bad look, and, and it's not much lower than normal in Perth. So, But I'm not sure they were, they were there. Um, so Adelaide have just got to, you know, continue what the normal is. You know, we've got to bounce back from COVID. We're a little bit confused with our so many formats of cricket and the ladies and men's cricket now uh, taking such high-profile broadcast positions and coverage. So, yep, we should be doing everything we possibly can, making our, and Adelaide are the best at it, at making the Test Match a festival. Um, uh, whether there's a series of events throughout the city, whether there's cricket exhibitions, whether there's something we do with the West Indies community in Adelaide. Um, so we, we've got to do everything and make make it much more than a cricket game. And, uh, you know, for too long we've probably relied on the cricket attracting people to a cricket ground. We've got to do maybe more, a bit like the, the Melbourne Cup week, um, those sorts of things, the, the Australian Open week of tennis. Uh, we've got to make it a little bit broader than just cricket. And Adelaide are the best at it. Let's see if they're interested. The other thing is, you know, you, you know, attracting them to watch our world number one team, the Australians, um, but it's not easy because we've got so much cricket and the West Indies haven't got such a great reputation at the moment. So, you know, we, we might be sitting back waiting for South Africa. Yeah, they dug in, though, the Windies, and, and look, it's probably even now forced the hand of, with Pat Cummins, a, a bit of a change to the side. Who do you think's the first one in? Is it Boland, or will they take a... Uh, a bit of a risk with the wild thing, or, or is Nisa even going to get a run with the with the pink ball? Yeah, definitely Boland. And I would hope that if you needed another one, you'd go Nisa because of last year's experience. And let's see if he can capitalise on that and, and move forwards even further. Um, good good taste of everything for Lance Norris, um, if he is uh, the new wild thing. So, so yeah, that that's good for him. But I don't want them sitting there too long either. I don't want... Nisa and Norris being wasted sitting around dressing rooms in Adelaide when if they're not going to play the game, they head back to their franchises for the Big Bash, which starts next week. So obviously being the great keeper that you were, Heels, uh, you'd obviously keep a, a closer eye on the current keeper uh, in today's test match more than anyone. Um, Alex Carey, tell us about how you think he's going uh, and maybe a couple of other names that uh, any other up and coming keepers that we should be keeping an eye on uh, as as the years go on. Oh, you should keep an eye on all keepers. <laughs> um, I uh, uh, look, uh, you know, Josh Inglis is uh, right behind um, Alex in the top level of the game. Matthew Wade's probably finishing, um, so he, he's held the T20 position and the short form position. So we might see Alex and Josh start to share those formats. Uh, but, yeah, Alex is good, mate. He's a great team man. Uh, hopefully he gets a bat soon. But uh, it's a difficult summer when you're so ready to bat in the first test and you've done a whole heap of work on your batting as well as your keeping. Um, and when you don't get to use that work, it's it's a bit frustrating because as the season wears on and, 
and really banks up on you, you, you probably don't put as much time into your batting as you do your gloves, and that's the way it's got to be. So um, he's got to continue to do a good job um, as, as he started in Perth, and just be sharp, just be re- really sharp and aggressive in all your movements and your decisions, and, and be a presence behind the stumps. Don't, don't be insignificant. Just get in and really do a great job for your team, and he's capable of that. Sometimes he's... He's a little bit too reserved and conservative, so I want to see him spark up a touch. So with, with the keeper training, what sort of percentage goes into it? Is it What percentage are you practising your keeping compared to your batting? What is the split? Well, he's a better batsman than me, so he might do more work on his batting or he might do less. He might have uh, you know the ability to play well without as much practice as I had to do. But it would be one-third, two-thirds. One-third, you're, you're batting because you have a net then you might do an ex, some extra work on your batting, but then for the rest of the, the rest of the session, which might be another hour and a half, two hours, you're doing glove work. Whether that be uh, catching, as if you're simulating keeping to the quicks, you're doing nicks, you're doing high balls, you're doing keeping to the spinners and, and stumping work. So, so yeah, it's probably two thirds keeping, one third batting. I reckon maybe even less than your batting at times. Hills, understand you're prepping for a show, mate. Uh, have you got uh, who have you got coming up on the show up there? Uh, today we have a bit of a review. We're, we're doing you know all our sports and their reviews. We're going to have a look at rugby today and what what our public and our coaching staffs might know about the Wallabies having having had a mm, yeah, an interesting year, not as successful as anyone would like. Um, we'll have uh, you got me now. Sorry, mate. We got a, <laughs> Got to have a look at Super Coach. Yeah, of uh, course. For the BBL. Um, and uh, what else have we got today? I'm just walking into. You let, uh, you let Pat, Pat, Pat organise it. <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to uh, review, uh, well, a book that Matty Rogers has uh, produced on his career and so, so much tragedy and triumph in, in his life as a, a rugby league and rugby union legend of Australia. Uh, we'll we'll have a chat with him. We do a bit of racing every day, and then we're going to have a look back at the tennis year that was too. Uh, love the Wednesday, Wednesday racing, but Hills, more importantly, we love watching you, especially when I was growing up watching the cricket, mate. Um, absolute pleasure to chat to you this morning. Good luck with the show. We'll let you go and get ready, and uh, and uh, look, hopefully we can chat to you again another time. Yeah, and hopefully it's a great test which starts tomorrow at, uh, in your home city. Thank you, Hills. See you, boys. Ian Healy there, uh, all-time great of Australian cricket. All-time great. Geez, I reckon he was flat when you played that audio of uh, him getting a pair. <laughs> and you're like, oh, you'd bring that up at Sportsman's uh, Nights. And then he's like, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, re- just remove my foot from my mouth. I wouldn't bring it up either. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like 30, you know, it's I've been to, I've been to Sportsman's <laughs> Nights where it's, yeah, it becomes a... Wow. <laughs> anyway, it's, oh, we'll move on. Yeah, we'll move on. Oh four two seven one five four one double six. Oh four two seven one five four double six. He's a ripper, and He's if you star. haven't caught Patton Hills' show um, up there on SENQ, you can tune in and, and listen. They're getting ready for it now. Obviously, with the Queensland time difference, uh, it's uh, it's pretty early there. So uh, you can listen to SEN Queensland on the SEN app live and crystal clear. We're going to jump to a break. On the other side of this, uh, we'll take your texts, a few more calls. Also, we've got a World Cup wrap, footy short, sports news. Um, we've still got Peter Malinowskis, Alex Carey, plenty more to come. Montan Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker. For immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tyre Power. Think safety this December. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tyre Power. 
Summer Breakfast with Miles Fitzner and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than that man. Well, welcome back, 6.31. A um, few off the text, and we've got two Signet Power Banks to give away this morning, 0427 154 166. It's Wednesday. If you're just joining us for the first time, Ian Healy joined us to discuss the 92-93 test. Um, probably should have picked a win to discuss after that at some point too. <laughs> that was the test series that they won. You should have given him a tip for later on today just I'll to should, cheer him up a bit. I'll send him a horse racing <laughs> tip, I reckon, Hills. Uh, g'day, lads. Uh, with the WA crowds not being too flash, do you think there's a chance they could lose test cricket, Jake and Camden Park? You know what? It's, uh, the... I think that the first place to go would be the place with the lowest crowds, wouldn't it? I mean, Hobart sometimes miss out, don't they? Because they don't get enough. Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne and Adelaide seem to turn it on more than others. And Hill's made a pretty good point. Obviously, traditionally at uh, in Perth, it's at the Wacker, the, the first test match. And 10,000 at the Wacker compared to 10,000 at Optus Stadium. The, the atmosphere is completely different. So he, he sort of said... Crowds are probably similar on par to, to what it has been in the past, but because of the, the bigger stadium and the, the atmosphere might get lost a little bit uh, in a bigger stadium, it, it might not have been as bad as what we, we all thought. But the, well, the numbers still not, the still numbers not great. Are, the numbers still are, not great. They're only going to be overinflated. Not, yeah. They're going to be talked yeah. up, not the, the, down. It's still not great, but he made a point that uh, I don't think many people would have considered before that. <laughs> G'day, Miles. I'm listening, to, I'm listening from Melbourne via the SEN app. Because you told us to listen in. Sam Kennedy live from the shower. Shout out to you, Sambo. Thanks for tuning in. Someone say, <laughs> nothing better than hearing a smart ass get put back in his box. Well done, Hills. <laughs> put your name to your text so I can address you, but uh, thanks for that. Yeah, well. Good to see the text machine up and going this morning. 0427154166. Couple of signet banks on the line, so it's uh, it's good to uh, see it up and going early this morning. Power bank valued at fifty nine ninety five. That bloke's probably in the running, because um, uh, I think you'd need some sort of charge. I can tell you where to put that charge too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the newsroom. We'll be back right after this. You know I'm having fun. Montan Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class leading Kia vehicles. Tire power, Toyo four-wheel drive tyres. Get a free wheel cover. Summer Scorcher sale on now. Summer Breakfast with Miles Fitzner and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than that man. Good morning, 6.37. Miles Fitzner, Bryce Gibbs. Thanks to Tire Power, their buying power puts the power in your lane. And SEN, we always thank Vaughn Team. Their continued support with us in our entire journey here in South Australia. Live from SNSA's studio, Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy. Time for the sports news. Jason, what have you got for us? There's a bit going on uh, around the world at the moment in sport, but here, uh, of course, it's all pointing to the Adelaide Test tomorrow. Nathan Lyon will become Adelaide Oval's most successful bowler in 140 years of Test cricket. Unreal. It is unreal. He's, at the moment, he's tied with Shane Warne on 56 wickets. Uh, but he'll take that uh, one wicket that he needs pretty early, you would expect, against the Windies. Um, he has reached that milestone in 11 tests, which is too fewer than Warney at the same venue, and he loved bowling here. It's so, an unbelievable stat. Isn't it? It's incredible for a finger spinner to be doing that uh, here at the Adelaide Oval. Uh, cricket legend Brian Lara, who's in the country at the moment, part of Seven's coverage, he spent some time with the Windies in their dressing room, apparently. This is a report uh, about 45 minutes after the uh, the Perth test and encourage them to keep on fighting. Uh, of course, it's 
one of five of the West Indies players that are in the country at the moment from that 93 test match you, re- you uh, referenced um, when you spoke to Ian Healy. So there's quite a few of the boys that are out here as part of that. They remember that series very, very well and very, very fondly, the West Indies boys. I've heard them speak about it a few times. So in other cricket news, BBL, um, Sam Whiteman signed for the Sydney Thunder. That's good news for them. And uh, Peter Hanscom, how's this one? He was uh, down in Hobart last year. He's now signed with the Melbourne Renegades. So he's gone from the Stars to the Hurricanes down to the Renegades. He's becoming Dan Christian. He has. Uh, and he's playing some good cricket at the moment and has got his foot on the till for an Australian selection, you'd think. Well, Is he the next man in? Who, Peter Hanscom? Yeah, uh, as in a bat. No. Who else is in enough form to come in as a batsman? If, if say, uh, Labuschagne went down with a, with a hamstring or something. Oh, uh, like I'll get back to you on that. All right, because I want to. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to say someone and it'd be wrong. But I'll Fair get enough. back to you on that. Eddie Jones going to get sacked from England as their rugby coach. Uh, we're all looking forward to seeing that. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Nick Baldieri. Now that name may sound vaguely familiar to tennis fans out there. Well, it should. I think he's had ten uh, number one players under his tutelage over the years. Players such as Andre Agassi, um, Jim, Jim Courier, Anna Kornikova. Um, these are players that he's uh, dealt with in the past. But most importantly, we must say our farewells to him because unfortunately he passed away at the age of 91. And um, this comes on the back of him being reported dead a month ago. It was actually false. So no one was really sure if this was actually true this time around. So... There's a bit of controversy around what's happening in the family there, but um, it has been confirmed he is gone and uh, we wish his family all the very best. What a great career he had. Yeah, he had a superb career. Superb career. Uh, That's thank, all i got for you, boys. Thank you, Jace. Uh, gives you on the subject of tennis. Novak Djokovic is going to return to tennis in Australia here on January 1. His first tournament of the new year. How good's that? Yeah, it's going to... Adelaide just continues just to keep, roll in. It's getting better. Even... The Australian All Schools Track and Field Championships is in Adelaide on Friday. That's you know, there's always a story out of that. Some kid breaks a record that's close enough to a national record, and then the next big. Who was the kid in uh, Tasmania? What was his name? The the little hundred meter sprinter. Oh. Tried to run in the Commonwealth Games. Do you remember him? Oh yeah, that's a, um, yeah. Um, not no no. Browning's the new sprinter. Yeah, uh, Browning's the new one. The yeah. kid Jack Hale. That's him. Yeah, look at that. My brain does work at six forty one sometimes. Hey, uh, we're going to jump to a break. On the other side of this, a World Cup update. Thanks to Kraken.com, your secure crypto partner. Get in the game at Kraken. Live from SNSA Studio Lumo, one off the text in two. Always wanted to wake up to Gibbsy. Loving the show, boys, from Aldi. Morning to you, Aldi. Always wanted to wake up with you. With you, next to you. He's uh, top of my list for the Signet Boost Power Bank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he's getting a charger. We'll be back after this. Montane Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power. Think safety this December. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Summer Breakfast with Miles Fitzner and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than Good morning, 6.47, Wednesday, December 7. All the sevens. Miles Fitzner, Bryce Gibbs. Now time for a World Cup update. Thanks to Kraken.com, your secure crypto partner. Get in the game. And Portugal are in the game against the Swiss. They're up 4-1. Yeah, they're, they're flicking it uh, very nicely, uh, the Portuguese. Uh, Ramos with a 
a brace for Portugal. So they're cruising uh, about an hour into this contest and they will play Morocco in the quarters, who are the first African nation to qualify uh, in a World Cup. They knocked off one of the giants in this World Cup, Spain. So nil all draw, went to extra time, then went to penalties. Spain failed to put one in the back of the net with Morocco scoring three. So that's uh, another big upset we've seen in this World Cup. No one would have predicted that at all. Well, certainly not. I mean, the Moroccans, yeah, I mean, that going massive. That's like Australia playing Argentina, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the quarterfinals looks like this. Croatia will play Brazil. The Netherlands will play Argentina, which will be a cracking, cracking match. Uh, Morocco will play Portugal as it sits now. And England, another juicy encounter, uh, England and France. That's a big game. Did, the Moroccans and the Portuguese, they're essentially neighbours too, really. They're over the water. Yeah, not too far away from each other. They're, they're yeah, Spain, Morocco and, well, Morocco beat Spain, they're neighbours. And then Portugal are the, the other neighbours. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. All pretty close. And uh, just a side note, too, with uh, Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo starting on the bench. Yes. Starting on the pine. So uh, he was taken off early in uh, in his last game and uh, starts on the, on the bench today. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, the news headlines keep following him. Well, that's for sure. Well, they're saying that the coach was unhappy with his behaviour post the being substituted. So then he's te- is he teaching him a lesson? Well... It's not the first time we've seen this happen. It happened at Manchester United not that long ago as well. Him cracking, cracking the sads with uh, the manager and and not agreeing uh, with what he wanted to do. So uh, Cristiano, he's just got to start accepting the fact that it's not all about him these days. Yeah, it's very insular sort of a setup, isn't it? He's been the big dog for a very very long time, but uh, it uh, it's time for the next generation to come through. What about the commentator getting sacked? Yes, yeah, so how's this? <laughs> World Cup commentators sacked at half time during Canada's final game against Morocco uh, earlier in the week. So the Sun reports commentator Alpa Backer Seagull. Uh, Backer Seagull. Backer Seagull. Yep. Uh, so he was sacked during the half time talking about. Uh, talking to viewers in Turkey about the fastest ever goal in World Cup history, which was scored by Hakan Suka. So Baka Seagull uh, was, was right in, uh, in mentioning Suka did score the fastest ever World Cup goal in history in 2002 against South Korea. However, Suka's post-retirement antics made him a controversial figure. During his career, the ex-Blackburn ace uh, was one of the biggest stars in Turkish football, scoring 51 goals in 102 caps. Uh, however, post his retirement, he entered politics and was later linked with terrorism. So uh, I think his family had to f- uh, flee the, the United States um, after him getting caught up in a few different issues. So um, that's obviously come <laughs> with a lot of controversy and uh, he might be the, the first commentator to be sacked at halftime it's of the a, World Cup as well. Well, that's unreal. It, so it's, old uh, Seagull. It's all happening. He's, he's, old Steven Seagull. Old Steven's brother. He's back to <laughs> he's back to searching for chips down at Emily Beach. Old Seagull, isn't he? Imagine getting the tap on the shoulder at half time and be like, mate. You're done. You're out. See you later. Can't but, say that. Well, that's, that's a funny one. Um, let's, um, let's go to the footy shorts. St Kilda Ford, Max King. This is a big one. 
um, is expected to undergo surgery after injuring his left shoulder in a marking contest pre-season training. Kings un- uh, underwent scans on Tuesday before consulting a surgeon. The 22-year-old is expected to undergo a shoulder reco in the coming days and will miss uh, the opening rounds for the 2023 season. They're talking months. Yeah. yeah, this is uh, this is significant news, and he had a pretty good year last year. It was uh, Maxi King, so um, geez, it's gonna it's gonna really change up what their forward line looks like at the start of this season. Yeah, it certainly will. Uh, what about the Victoria Police have shifted their investigation into the Brownlow Metal betting scandal? Nine News reported this week the police are now looking at betting patterns on the Brownlow Medal in the twenty twenty one season. According to journalist Paddy Sweeney, the investigation now includes matches from the 2021 season where Pell was an emergency umpire. Wowee. It's, yeah. It's, isn't it those TikTok boys are the ones that sort of got it? There's a bit of a story on that. We might talk about that um, next week. Brisbane Lions coach Chris Fagan has a clear conscience about his alleged involvement in the Hawthorne racism saga and hasn't felt the need to address the Brisbane players on the scandal that rocked the AFL. The full line squad returned to training on Monday under Fagan's guidance at the club's new Springfield base. And, um, well, uh, this is what Chris Fagan had to say about talking to the players. I haven't felt the need to do that. Um, and to be honest, I haven't spoken about the investigation publicly at all. I made a statement at the beginning and have chosen uh, not to speak about it. And... That's the stance I'll, I'll maintain. Um, the right time to talk is when the investigation gets started. So that's Chris Fagan there talking about uh, the racism scandal and the Melbourne Football Club announced a $3.5 million operating profit for the year ending 31 October 2022. The club announced the operating profit of 3.5, a $1.4 million increase on 2021. Melbourne CEO Gary Pert said the club's off-field position's never been stronger. Pert said much of the club's strong finances is attributed to its growing membership base, which swelled to a club record 66,000. Good to see the Ds back on because it wasn't that long ago they were in the depths of hell, the Demons. See what I did there? Yeah. Pardon the pun. Yeah. <laughs> nah, you're, you're spot on. They were in big trouble. You're spot on. Um, but they finally... Well, it was them and Carlton for years, wasn't it, really? Just... Really, really struggling. Carlton were, were in debt by millions. Millions. At one stage as well. Took, uh, it's paying you, that's why. Yeah, Richard Pratt to come in and, uh, and help him significantly. So a uh, couple of big clubs uh, are back up the top where they belong. What's he like, Richard Pratt? The late, great Richard Pratt. Uh, he was a good man. Well, and good then man. his partner was heavily involved, wasn't she? Jeannie, yep. yep. Sure. She was more into her arts, arts uh, and crafts, I think, Jeannie, and she just come along for the ride. But uh, once Richard um, sadly passed away, she still continued to, to be around the club and and uh, continue his legacy on and, and what he did for the, the Carlton Footy Club. A lot of the footy clubs really, don't they, rely on some big noted um, and big time money support from individuals, don't they? People don't realise that as much, that individuals can really make a difference. You know, you can go and sign 30,000 members, but a lot of clubs have a big-time player at the back, don't they, that back and support and do a lot of other things. Yeah, and someone like um, Richard, who, who was so well-connected as well, I think there's there were stories of him calling in, uh, you know, 30 or 40 of his, his big heavy-hitter mates, and they all had dinner at his house in Raheen, and he said, right, we need to raise some money here. So um, 
bring your checkbooks. It was something ridiculous on entry just to just to walk in the door. Uh, and uh, they raised a whole heap of cash to, to help Carlton get out of the hole that they were in. It was the Mathesons involved in Carlton? Yeah, was they that were. them? Yep. Was that Bruce Matheson? Yep. Is that right? Yep. Had pubs and pokies and had a, had a farm down at um, down at Geelong, I think, or just in out of Geelong. Yep. Yeah, they were heavily involved as yep, well. for sure. Um, coming up on the show, too, we've got the Premier, Peter Malinowskis. It's Keeper Day in Healy. We've had already. We're going to play um, some of his interview uh, on the other side of the news. We're also um, going to have a chat to Alex Carey and uh, Peter Malinowskis. If you've got any questions for Peter Malinowskis or Alex Carey, 0427 154 166. Uh, Rhino's chimed in and said Renshaw should be the next in line. So well, we might get kids' thoughts on who probably the next two or three best batsmen. I just need to make sure I have a bit of a look. I know Aldi, who was listening in, he'd know who the next two or three best batsmen are probably to come in. I just didn't think quite Hanscom was still in the thought process. So we're talking if uh, Labajane was to go down uh, in the Adelaide Test, uh, touch wood, obviously. <laughs> but uh, who would be the next to come in and just uh, move straight into that uh, we, we, Australia's top order? We, we used to have, didn't we? We used to have um, four or five just beating the door down all the time. And it took ages for guys like Vogus and... Even guys like Simon Kadich, they were beating the door down, making bulk runs. Darren Lehman was another one to, to get a go. And then there were guys that even didn't, like Jamie Siddons, Michael DiVenuto, um, Klinger, Maxi Klinger. He took a while to... Yep. Um, anything you want to talk about on this Wednesday morning? It's the eve of the test match. I also want to know, are you going to go? Are you going to go to the Adelaide test? Will the crowds be the same or will they be better than WA? I text in Gozza... Um, and Scotty Cummings show yesterday, when I left this, I always turned WA on after here. And I gave him a wind-up. I said, Adelaide will make you Western Australians look sad. They'll turn out in droves. And so I hope they do, because Gosler will let me know about it too. Well, we're encouraging everyone to get down there. And it looks like the weather's going to be pretty good as well. So uh, that's, that's obviously important. But I reckon they will, Miles. They'll, they'll, they'll turn up. They'll turn up to this test match. Do you reckon they'll turn up for the tennis too, January 1, for Novak? Is, is, is everyone over his, you know, anti-vac being banned from the country rhetoric? He was held up here for a while, remember, in the hotel here. Remember, they, they swore he sort of did his quarantine and yep. people were camped out the front? I think I think we've moved past that, haven't we? Pe- well, he's Pe- only just been allowed to come back into the country. Well, he'd be the world, he's, what is he, be world number one at the moment, if not in the top couple. Like, the opportunity to go watch the best players play in whatever sport they're, they're competing in. That's that's just an opportunity hard to give up. Are you really? a Novak fan? Because I'm not. I I respect his game and, and what he does on the tennis court. Some of his carry on, not so much. But uh, what he can do, and I, I enjoy watching him because he's an, an absolute competitor. I'm the Federer and Nadal sort of realm. Oh, do you know what's a good one? We've got Roger Rashid on tomorrow, don't we, Jace? Next week. Is that right? Or next week? Yeah, I think we've got him on next week. Jace is still on the phone from when it went off in the sports update. Um, we didn't catch that before, did we, when he was reading the sports update? I thought it was we, a, uh, an ambulance driving past the it, studio. It's a, that's a jug of beer. His phone went off in the... <laughs> and who has that? Who has the siren? Is he ring? Has he gone to sleep? No, he's, gone to, he's gone to sleep, I think. <laughs> I think he's gone to sleep. I think he's gone to sleep. He's, yep, that's it. We'll go and wake him up. We're going to go to the newsroom. Sam Fantasia, SA's own in the newsroom. 
Uh, he is waving at us through the window over the road. We're going to jump to him. Uh, plenty more to come on the other side of this. Everybody's talking about more team care at Chelton. Everybody, including me. That's where I get my vehicles and uh, tyre power. Summer Scorchers sale now on. Back in a moment. Safety check at your local tyre power. Summer Breakfast with Miles Fitzner and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than that man. I'm looking at you, I'm Welcome back and good morning. If you're joining us for the first time, Wednesday, December 7, forecast top of 21 degrees, cooling off just a touch. Miles Fitzner, Bryce Gibbs with you and the text line is open. 0427 154 166 or give us a call 1300 736 736. We've got two two Signet power banks to give away. We're live from SNSA's Studio Lumo. All thanks to Team Kia at Cheltenham. Team Ford, Team Mount Barker. Everybody's talking about Team. We love them. Love them. Good morning to you, Bryce. Good morning, Miley. Um, we've had Ian Healy on earlier. We have. Um, He's very good, Heels. Isn't he? Very good. It's an yeah. insight to the uh, 30th year anniversary of uh, the Windy's Adelaide Test. And when they lost by one run. One run, which is unfortunate. We've got a big show coming up if you're joining us for the first time. Peter Malinowska still to join us. We're hoping, we're hoping we can press him, manoeuvre, nudge the right way that we can get the announcement of where the game's going to be. We nearly got him a couple of weeks ago too, just before they announced Magic Round or Footy Festival Round or whatever it's going to be called. Uh, we interviewed him the the morning of, I think, and he said, oh, I've got an announcement to make, but you're going to have to wait an hour. We nearly got it out of him, but then he was down at uh, Adelaide Oval oh, doing you, a press conference. You didn't massage him correctly. We, did, we didn't quite rub him up the right way to, uh, the former, to, to, to get it out, but uh, we knew it was we, we knew it wasn't far away. The former host didn't have the right touch. <laughs> I think that's exactly what it was. Yeah, or just not not the right little. You're, you're confident though. You are confident you can, you can get something I out think, of him. I think because we're going to. I'm going to start with the honourable premier, Mr. Peter Malinowskis, and then I'm going to say, mate, can can I call you Mally? Let's just let's just drop this back a few notches. Can I call you Mally? It's keeper day. You're the keeper of the realm. The, yeah, that's it. Keeper day. Uh, what have you got for us? Alex Carey to join <laughs> uh, us after Peter Malinowskis. So I'm hoping one of them doesn't run late because we'll run out of time completely. Um, the text machine is open, as we said, 0427154166. We're talking about maybe who's the next in line uh, and crowds at Adelaide Oval. Uh, there's talk that head will be dropped for the overseas test. The Sacker are predicting 50,000 the first two days. We will make WA look stupid. That's what I want. That's what I want. Uh, Lockie's chimed in. Morning, boys. Um, will 110% be at the test Friday to Sunday? Starting on a Thursday is an ideal, but it is a cricket bender. It's an ideal In an ideal world... The need to alternate between the pink ball test and traditional time slot each year, as I believe the day test is a much better spectacle from Lockie. I kind of agree, and that's probably a good one for a Twitter poll, Jace, if we've got time. I know you're busy. But should we alternate between... The, the pink balls have been there for a long time now, but it gets a bit tiring finishing that late and then trying to saddle up the next day. Well, at least you get a sleep in. It's Well, it's not the point. You sort of still get up and do <laughs> stuff, don't you? So, But I think alternating between day and night, because the night test, they've thrown up some really doozy results. We haven't had those traditional, you know, like this used to be double hundred city here. I remember double hundreds to Tendulkar, VBS Laxman, Langer, Clark. Who else did I see? I reckon I saw a Lara one here. But it's sometimes, sometimes being out the back. It was good if it was really hot you, at night time. You saw them. You saw all these double tons, did you? 
yeah. you, you come out just to watch the one the one delivery that they scored the run off. Yeah, I might have taken them six or seven. <laughs> but I did. We, we walked out and had a bit of a bow peep. But Lockie, I tend to agree with you there. Um, Jason's asking the Premier which leaders have inspired him in his life. It's probably a good question, Jace. I can ask that. Jace listening in from Melbourne too. Shout out to you. Um, we've spoken about World Cup. We've done our footy shorts. And catch them all on the podcast. I want to turn it. I want to bring the list forward here. We're speaking of Adelaide Oval and crowds. What are the top five grounds you've played on in order five to one? Five to one. Uh, sure. So I'm going to go with five. Uh, Optus Stadium in Perth. Uh, played only there on a couple of occasions, but what they've done. Uh, in terms of the build of that stadium and and the crowd, it's sort of it's like sort of lifted up a little bit. So they it feels like the crowd's all on you. So uh, the couple of games that I did play over there, one against uh, the West Coast Eagles and one against Fremantle, so I got a taste of both sides. It uh, was certainly um, a pretty intimidating atmosphere, to be honest. So that sits at five for me. Are, are we just are we just rating them on? Is it just the ground or is it like atmosphere, facility? Um, and this playing surface. I, I went the whole thing. I went the whole hog. It's the whole, like yep. an overall experience yep. from playing on it, grass, the grass feels good to the change rooms are comfortable. Yeah, there might be one in the middle of there that uh, I played some more better games on than, oh, than not as oh, well. So oh, right. biased to uh, the one in the middle. So okay. fourth, I've got the SCG. Just the, the surroundings and the history that come with that. Obviously, uh, a tough ground to travel to, to play the the Sydney Swans on. Um, and, you know, we know the, the sort of footy, the, the Sydney Swans dish up on a smaller ground as well, one of the smaller grounds across the country. So uh, although tough to play at, and again, the, their crowd can get quite feisty as well, uh, just the, the surroundings and the history and uh, the grounds in always uh, immaculate nick as well. So SCG number four, uh, Marvel Stadium. Number three. Well, this is one I, I had. Roof on or roof off? No, roof on. Middle, yep. middle of winter, freezing cold. You know, you've got perfect condi- conditions to play footy at. Um, so that uh, that's always handy. Right. Uh, number two is the Oval just down the road here, AO. Number two. Number two. They're going to come for you off the text I machine. Know, I know they will. I know they will. And, and when... I remember growing up playing a couple of double headers in in the Sandford when they used to play uh, during games out here at Adelaide during the year. Uh, it was always you always look forward to those games, and I was so excited when they they finally changed the AFL venues to to play out here and what they've done. You wouldn't have come back if it was still at Amy Stadium. No, probably not. <laughs> probably not. So um, obviously, great deck, uh, the hill to still have that up and going, uh, that makes for a lot of fun. And um, I think a lot of people across all sports, across all codes, say that uh, Adelaide Oval is a, a great venue to play and watch sport at as well. So no surprises here, number one, it's a Gabba. <laughs> yeah, uh, down at uh, Launceston Oval down in, uh, down in Tassie. Bloodstone just, Arena. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it has to be the mecca of, uh, of sport, uh, the MCG uh, here in Australia. Um Playing finals, not that I played it in a whole lot of them miles, uh, but you can still say it with an S. A couple of those big games against Collingwood, Richmond, um, you know, eighty, ninety thousand people going absolutely nuts. It's uh, it's a pretty special venue. 
when it when it's rocking. What do you remember? Is there one game that sticks out to you from a crowd perspective? Where, like, I can think of a couple spectator wise, where I was um, at the G, and you look around and and remember that. Is there one game that sticks out to you? Uh, the Richmond elimination final when uh, we or Carlton were put into the the finals off the back of the Essendon uh, drug saga. Yeah. Uh, finished ninth. Uh, played. In that final series, I think Richmond won eight or nine of their last ten games to finish fifth. They were absolutely flying. We played them. Uh, they were about 30, they got out to about thirty-five points up, and the Richmond supporters they hadn't won a final for for a long, long time. Um, the Tigers and the the Richmond supporters and Richmond faithful were going nuts. You can imagine them thirty-five points up halfway through the second quarter, and then uh, a man called uh, Chris Judd uh, decided enough's enough. He started getting into the game, and uh, we we fought back and, and won that game. And uh, the atmosphere and the like you couldn't I, if we were having a conversation this close, like like we're sitting close to each other now, couldn't hear, could not could not hear what you were saying. The crowd was that loud. It's what's it like calling for the footy when it's like that? You can't. You, you can't really. You just hand signals. Yeah, yeah. Put it out in front of me. It's all movement. You see movement, and that's what catches your eye. So can you recap the your top five grounds that you ever played on? So I've gone Optus Stadium in Perth. Five. SCG four. Four. Marvel three. AO two. MCG numero uno. MCG numero uno. Thoughts on that? Oh four two seven one five four one double six. I've done two lists. Have we got time to do it here? Should I do them on a break? I might do them. I might do them after the break. Um, I've done two lists because I got asked to do Adelaide golf courses. Now, well, South Australian golf courses. So I've done. The Metro, five to one, and then I've done Country five to one, and then I've got, um, I've just sort of got like you can make up your top one or two then of what you think I think of the best two courses in, in the state. I'm a little bit biased with one of them, but for people that have gone there and played it, I'm sure they will be, uh, I'm sure they'll agree because it's an unbelievable course. Oh four two seven one five four one double six, golf courses in order. Or best grounds in the AFL. Gibbs, he's given his list. I'll give my golf list on the other side of this. Still plenty more to come. Peter Malinowskis, Alex Carey, uh, the Phantom also for the Supercoach. We'll see you soon. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Summer Breakfast with Miles Fitzner and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than ever. Welcome back. 7.17 on your Wednesday morning hump day. Day before Test Cricket in Adelaide. Miles Fitzner, Bryce Gibbs with you. And all thanks to Lumo Energy SA. We love them. Run through your list. If you're off the text, so firstly, Milan's chimed in. Oh, my God. Not only you, Miles, there are so many like you who hate the Joker. It's funny. Really? Keep it up. Yeah, I'm, well, I, I, I do because um, I listen to people that I respect. And Roger Rashid knows tennis better than anyone. And we'll get him going on it next week because he has a bit to say in regards to the Joker and how he's viewed, especially on tour. And it's how, you, it's how your peers view you is how I'd like you can judge people a little bit. Morning, fellas. Never been to a day-night test. I reckon it would be awesome. Maybe not as good as Boxing Day test, but I'm definitely going next year. Kev, it's pretty cool. And it's good for um, if you do the test match lunch. You can actually do the test match lunch and the test match dinner. You can, you can go <laughs> twice. Double. I did them back-to-back the once. Double. I did them back-to-back once. Went into the test match lunch and sat down and did the three courses... 
and got on the reds and then went and did the <laughs> and then went out the back for a, a couple of hours while they reset then went back and did the dinner and I can tell you uh, they might have needed that little uh, golf cart to get me out of there by the end of it. Put on a few kilos. <laughs> well, it wasn't about the few kilos. It was about the uh, the lineup of red wine that might have nearly got me. And give me how close were you to the Birdman's Mark in the final round of 2009? That was one memory I have of Carlton v Crows. Crows also kicked about 30 goals and cost the Blues your only chance of a top four in your career. It was, did you play that game? Yeah, I, I was right under it. I think it might have been. Was on, it on you? It was, nah, it was on. You're on a poster. Uh, yeah, just about. Uh, I think it was on Matty Cruiser, but I was. I think I was riding the front and centre to Crum, uh, which uh, didn't happen because Birdman decided to sit on uh, Paul yeah. Cruiser's head. And yeah, it was a fair, uh, fair mug. I had the best seats in the house to watch it, put it that way. <laughs> best seats. Uh, they've asked me to put a list. They've been Jason. Has asked me to put a list. I've got to say they. They have said, Miles, you have to put a list together. The people wanted the a pe- list. That, yeah, of- the people, Jason, only. <laughs> uh, of golf courses. But I've had to split them into metro and country because I've split them a little bit. Because there's, what, too many? Well, there is Well, there is too many. But you can sort of get my top two, right? So number five in Adelaide for me in in Metro. Hang on, this, this will be a pretty thorough list, I reckon, too. Reasonably thorough. Because you would, you, you, I reckon you'd see a lot of the golf course. Oh, I, I, well, I, I used both, both to. Both sides of the fairway. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, get a really good look at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. this is determined on rough only and how recoverable your ball is. <laughs> if it's on that, Grange is right down the bottom because once you miss at the Grange, it's You're gone. Trouble. Um, number five is Glenelg. Uh, beautiful course. Uh, that's probably one I haven't played a lot, which is why it is there. But Glenelg is number five for me. This is going to be unpopular. Number four is Royal Adelaide. Um, now, that might have a, something to do with um, exclusivity and not being a member and be, only being invited only. You, but You would be a member there, wouldn't you? No, I'm not. Um, it's it's uh, I, I judge these on sometimes about the level of people as well that are there, the amount of people, whether or not you get held up and what the members are like when you're playing there. <laughs> What if you're just having a bad day? Yeah, well, getting caught up. Yeah, well, sometimes you get caught up. So number four, Royal Adelaide. Yep. Number three is Grange East, the East Course at Grange. Uh, number two is Grange West. That's beautiful out there. And Blighty took me out there to play a couple of times, um, and it is lovely. And number one for me is Kui. Kuyonga is elite, and all round from the members, the course presentation, the club rooms, uh, the beers cold. The greens, the fairway, everything. You can't miss it, Cooey. Oh, it's a favourite, a genuine favourite. So you obviously know someone there because these aren't getting ranked on um, <laughs> on, on what memberships you've got for these, these clubs. These are, the, these are ranked on what, where you can get on and when. These ones don't get played an enormous amount. I'm not going to lie because uh, I don't, I'm not popular enough to be invited. Uh, but <laughs> I've, I've played them all and I've played them all more than once. Yep. So then let's go to the sticks. This is the main one. So I'm going to go uh, number five, McCracken. Uh, probably an unpopular one. Like getting on there. It's always a good vibe. Clubhouse is, is good. Course. Up and down, hilly. Bit of water there. You're near Victor. It's fantastic. Number four will be Mount Compass. That beautiful course. Played there with Watsy one day. Absolutely beautiful. Difficult. Difficult. Difficult track. But hidden, not nearly probably not given the kudos it deserves, Mount Compass. Uh, number three, I'm going to go... 
I'm going to go Mount Osmond, number three. This is the one I play probably the most, Mount Osmond. But one it's a tough walk. One of the best uh, views. Of the city and every outstanding. Walking down. What what hole is it? You walk down there and you just, oh, you're putting. The, you get uh, that on a good day. You Jeez, go, it's, uh, it's, you play 10, the top, the top of the 10th. 10th. Um, uh, Mount Osmond. Number two is Lynx Lady Bay. Beautiful down there. The Lynx. Normanville. And number one, you're going to think I'm biased, but it consistently ranks in Australia's best country golf courses, and it consistently ranks in South Australia's best golf courses. And anyone that um, goes there understands why, but Narracourt. No, I'm not kidding. You're kidding. Go and have a look. It consistently ranks as one of the best golf courses and country golf courses in Australia, not necessarily South Australia, in Australia. It is magic. A, it, like a nice walk, doesn't it's not doesn't do the calves in. Plays long greens. The, the full time staff there, uh, not so great for getting a meal. But that's not. I've ranked this. That's just purely on the actual golf course is outstanding. So if you can't tell, I'd be sort of narrow court. I'd have Cooey, narrow court, Mount Osmond and Lynx are the probably the four best in the state, in my opinion. What, you just looking over that? Where have you played out of all of those? Uh, I've played the one that I, I haven't played at Kuyonga before, actually. So that's probably one I, good. I need to tick off at some stage. I know a guy. Um, on the countryside, the Ardrossan uh, Scrapes course didn't get a, didn't get a mention. <laughs> what, did you think I could fit that Nullarbor in? You know, that part, what is it? That might with have been. 18 holes at the Nullarbor? I, I, have, played, I have played out there with uh, Sammy Jacobs uh, a couple of times. Out of Drossen. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure... They'll be flat that uh, that didn't make your list. But, um, yeah, I've played at most of these. Uh, and I can't say I played at Narracourt, Milo, so I'm sorry about that. Uh, I'll take you down there. And uh, Lynx Lady Bay, I'm yet to, to play as well. So I'll have to try and tick them off. Not that I'm a very good golfer, but uh, enjoy walking the course when I can. Hey, uh, someone's chimed in here. It was on me, 22 disposals in a goal. Who's that? Who would that have been on? Oh, that's that's got to be that's got to be seller. The hanger was on seller. <laughs> did you have the twenty two and a goal, or did Birdman have twenty two and a goal, or did you play on seller and have twenty two and a goal? No, I wouldn't, he, I wouldn't have played on him. Do you reckon he texted his own stats here? No, James definitely wouldn't have had twenty two. He would have had twenty two and a goal. <laughs> no way. I'll have to uh, get back to you on that one. Did you play the game, the Fev game? He kicked the goal from the boundary. And uh, sunk the. That was just before my time. And a he couple sunk, of years. He sunk the crows from the junction. Yeah. Was that the same game where the, the guy did the? We were robbed, right in front of me. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> was that the same game? No, it wasn't. That was a final against the Pies. Yeah. I wish it was. That's that is funny. Um, too funny. I suppose Shapes in South Australia's best nightclub. No, Shapes is South Australia's worst, and it's closed. But I, I'm one hundred percent. We should have asked Bucky. Of Bucky and Drewy, they've come down to Narracourt. They didn't realise how good it was. So if you haven't been there, I'm not getting paid royalties by the Narracourt Golf Club so either. Is your party, your, your uncle owns it or something? Or no. Is it, you've, pumped, you've given it an almighty pump. Mate, it's, uh, uh, there's anyone that's played there won't knock it. I guarantee you that. You've much. obviously had your best round there ever too. Uh, no, I've had, I think I've had my best round ever at um, Mount Osmond. I think that's just a, such, it's unbelievably beautiful, Mount Osmond. That's where Tommy Jonas is a member at Mount Osmond. A lot of the boys play up there. But it is a tough walk, mate. 
It's you finish that and you're um you're ruined. Yeah, Grant's a very good point here, Grant. I haven't played Victor Harbour though. Victor Harbour over McCracken any day of the week. Best first hole in the state. I haven't played there, Grant. It's a good track. Yeah, I haven't played there. Good track. We uh we have an, an annual golf day at uh, the Victor Harbour Golf Course, uh in and around New Year's, Christmas, New Year's. So well, maybe that's one that you and I could go to that's together. A, that's a nice course. A couple of little frothies down there. Maybe go after after work. Uh, let's go to a break. On the other side of this, we're going to run through, play some grabs from Ian Healy. We had him on at 6.15, if you're just joining us. Also, Dan Menzel went a bit uh, went a bit rogue last night on Sports Day talking about Brett Turner and the sacking of, um, of Brett Hand. Um so we'll get some uh, we'll get some audio from him last night and sell us text back in. They were his stats, career best, and it was that night. There you go. Well, there you go. Must have been paying attention. Jeez, just uh, just have fun getting in that elevator <laughs> over the road there in the morning this morning because the head is wobbling. On Selzy, we'll be back right after this. This is SNSA's summer breakfast. Miles Fitzner, Bryce Gibbs, brought to you by Thai Power. They're buying power. Puts the power in your lane. Back in a moment. Get delivery on class leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power. Think safety this December. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Summer Breakfast with Miles Fitzner and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than ever. 7.32. Would you believe it? I'm on time. Gibbsy, today we're, we're working on time. I've, actually, no, we're not. We've got the news. Um, everybody's talking about Montem Kia at Cheltenham, powered by Lumo Energy SA. On the other side of the newsroom, Dan Menzel sorts on the Brett Turner sacking, also on South Adelaide. Um, we'll get some his comments on um, your list at South. A couple of people chiming in. Kingston in the southeast is better course than Narracourt. Gee whiz, I don't know about that. I'm not sure about that. Um, anyone could get a kick against the Blues. Yeah, I can't. Uh, that can't might be for a couple of years there. That might be on. seller as well. <laughs> <laughs> Was that you, Judge? <laughs> anyone could chime in. Um, everybody's talking about more team che- uh, Kia at Cheltenham. I was about to say Chia. Chia. Kia. They probably do. Bit of chia down there. Bit of chia. They don't miss down there, do they? They don't miss. Everything is done. Uh, Dan Menzel's grabs some audio from Ian Healy uh, on the other side of this. Miles Fitzner, Bryce Gibbs, it's news time. Montane Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker. For immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire power, Toyo four-wheel drive tyres. Get a free wheel cover. Summer Scorcher sale on now. Summer Breakfast with Miles Fitzner and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than ever. Welcome back, 7.37. Peter Malinowskis, Alex Carey still to join us right on 8 o'clock. We'll start there with uh, with Mally. A couple off the text is Stan Mental, part of SNSA. He certainly is. Jason off the text machine. And speaking of which, Bryce Gibbs, he had a few things to say on Sports Day last night. I'll get your thoughts on a couple of these. This was Dan Mental on Sports Day last night on the, uh, well, sort of the Brett Turner mid-season draft and him not getting a game at the Crows. Uh, he obviously, when he got picked up, had his injury at the time as well. So he'd missed about eight weeks of footy. Now, everyone who knows who's played footy, if you are injured and you're out for a sustainable amount of time, then it means that when you come back, you're not going to be at the same level. You've lost no, your fitness. Of and that's what happened. He came back and he wasn't at the same level when he was prior injury. And the Crows basically saw that and was like, okay, he's probably not quite up to it. So it is a really difficult one for him. I feel for his situation. The length should definitely be longer than three months or at least some sort of incentive if that is the case. And we will see him back at Glenelg in 2023. It's similar-ish to what we 
had thought, but you're still you and I just just flat out disagree on this, don't we? Well, yeah, I think, and, and we we have spoken about it before, but yeah, I mean, in in Brett Turner's situation, the Crows drafted him to play him. That that was what he was told. He was going to get an opportunity, and then for whatever reason, they decided not to, and they ended up delisting him within three months. It's a tough one. I'm still of the thought that you get your opportunities and that's what happens. Here's an interesting one. Here's his thoughts on South Adelaide and he still plays at the Eagles. You get to play against him. Work together here at SEN and then you go out on the ground and just throw absolute lip and fire against each other. Do you lip him? Men's, you'd leave him, wouldn't you? I don't, I don't know who I'm talking to, whether it's Dan or Troy or, <laughs> or, 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 or who's running around out there. <laughs> They're very similar looking, aren't they? They do run differently, though, uh, is what Dan had to say on South Adelaide. One team that I really like the strategy of the South Adelaide Panthers, they are absolutely all in. It's, uh, it's a long drought for uh, you Panthers fans out there, but... It's great to see that they are all in. They are having a real crack. They've picked up Kobe much from Wolverhampton Torrance. Uh, they've got Sam Skinner from uh, Port yes. Adelaide, which is which is a great get. We know how much he dominated the Sample two years ago. Yes, and even last year when he played uh, for Port Adelaide, teams would have to put work and time into him, and so that is a great get for them. That really helps them, and it replaces Ryan Garthwaite, who's going to America to be a college punter. So that is a, that's a massive get for them. Zach Sprouse, another big one as well. He's come across from GWS and Eli Smith from the Brisbane Lions. They've got some uh, they've got some AFL talent coming to the Panthers in twenty twenty three. Skinnerback's a big one. Uh, he certainly is, and he's just he's just coming home. We we didn't go out and get him. He's just coming back. Just coming home. So two more to watch from the Panthers that are going to change the squad. Uh, well, yeah, um, Men's obviously spoke about Zach Sproul. He's, uh, he's, a, he's a key forward that, uh, that, that we're really probably, we've been lacking in that, that area for, for a while now. He mentioned his ex-teammate, Kobe Mutch. So I'm looking forward to watching uh, Muchy dominate against his old mob next year in the Eagles. And uh, Eli Smith uh, has come across from the Brisbane Lions as well. He's, uh, he's doing a lot of running at the moment. He's got a, he had surgery on his, on his hand, but, um, He's uh, another inside mid that I reckon will, will have a pretty good year for uh, for the Panthers. Um, I want to play one here of we had Ian Healy on a little bit earlier. We'll change back from football back to cricket a little bit. This is uh, Alex Carey is going to join us in a while. This is Ian Healy on Alex Carey uh, earlier in the show. Oh, you should keep an eye on all keepers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I look, you know, Josh Inglis is uh, right behind um, Alex in the top level of the game. Matthew Wade's probably finishing. Um, so he, he's held the T20 position and the short form position. So we might see Alex and Josh start to share those formats. Uh, but yeah, Alex is good, mate. He's a great team man. Uh, hopefully he gets a bat soon. But uh, it's a difficult summer when you're so ready to bat in the first test and you've done a whole heap of work on your batting as well as your keeping. Um, and when you don't get to use that work, it's it's a bit frustrating because as the season wears on and, and really banks up on you, you, you probably don't put as much time into your batting as you do your gloves, and that's the way it's got to be. So um, he's got to continue to do a good job um, as, as he started in Perth and just be sharp, just be re- really sharp and aggressive in all your movements and your decisions and, and be a presence behind the stumps. Don't... Don't be insignificant. Just get in and really do a great job for your team. And he's capable of that. Sometimes he's 
He's a little bit too reserved and conservative, so I want to see him spark up a touch. Oh. In Healy on Alex Carey there. He's going to join us in about half an hour's time. Um, the crowds have been a big issue, though. We've touched on them um, a fair bit. We've also um, spoken about it at length. He spoke about that a fair bit, but it's a, it's a bit of history here with the 30-year anniversary of the West Indies rolling Australia here. It, it was a massive, a massive, massive test match, that 92-93 test. Yeah, it was, and, and that's obviously not going to be the reason why we get uh, get numbers out to the test match starting tomorrow. But uh, yeah, I, I think South Australians enjoy enjoy this test match, and I think there's been reports upwards of fifty thousand over the first couple of days, which will be which should be great because the the crowds not only obviously the the Perth test was uh, crowds were were very underwhelming, but the the crowds have been underwhelming in all, all forms of the game across the nation in the last probably six to 12 months. So I know COVID uh, has, has had an impact and we're, we're on the other side of that now, but um, you know, there's been ticket pricings and all sorts of other things that people uh, that might've steered people away. But uh, I think we'll, we'll see the numbers climb rapidly uh, when the first ball is balled tomorrow. Well, I just hope that uh, Pat Cummins can play. Andrew McDonald had this to say on Pat Cummins fitness. At the moment, as it sits, they've pulled up well, both Josh and, and Mitch. Um, Paddy's obviously the major concern, and you know, we heard on side of caution out there. We, we had him out there available, um, potentially if we were pushed into a bit of a corner and, and the game wasn't going our way. But um, fortunately, we didn't have to use him, so therefore you know, that recovery, in theory, started you know, potentially two days ago. Um, so we feel as though he's you know, 50-50 for the next test match as it sits at the moment. 50-50, but it'd be good to have the Australian skipper out playing. We're going to chat to Alex Carey, like we said, in half an hour. Peter Malinowskis around 15 minutes. Jump to a break. The Phantom to touch quickly on the Supercoach on the other side of this. This is SENSA's Summer Brekkie, live from uh, SENSA's Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Tire Power. Think safety this December. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Summer Breakfast with Miles Fitzner and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than ever. Welcome back, 7.50. Peter Malinowskis around 10 minutes away. Alex Carey 25 minutes away. Miles Fitzner, Bryce Gibbs, Wednesday, December 7. Big Bash, not that far away. Tuesday, December 13, if I've got that correct. And we've got our own KFC Big Batch. Big Bash. Supercoach League. Go to supercoach.com.au for KFC Supercoach BBL. It's time to play Australia, the best fantasy cricket game. Who better to chat to than uh, the Phantom? Fance himself, he joins us. Hello, Fance. Good morning, boys. It's almost time, almost fair. It's almost time for the first ball. Time for you to win some money, especially if you're in your super coach or your BBL leagues. Now, mate, we've uh, we've made a change um, or two. We've actually managed to squeeze Tom Kelly into our bench. Uh, he's going to add some runs, surely, for us. Indeed, yeah. It's an interesting one as well because... Going to bat in the middle order, as I said, I think I mentioned to you guys uh, another point that colleague at the advertiser, Andrew Capel, was pretty big on uh, Tom Kelly having some impact in the middle order for the strikers. We know quick runs is good points in case he's super coach, and he can definitely do that as he showed uh, this season so far. We're heavily stacked with the strikers, DeGronholm, Hunt, um, Kelly and Rashid Khan. You've just, you can't speak more highly about having Rashid Khan in your side. Absolutely not. And I think you've got to load up on strikers. Well, they played twice in the opening rounds. That's double points up for grabs for those guys. Colin McGranholm, he's an interesting one too. Can't really bowl a bit. He has bowled at international level a little bit too. So if you can bat in the middle, we'll get a few overs in. That's a bonus. Rashid Khan as well, making the captain as well. New to KFC Supercoach BBL. 
your captain gets double points um, as well. So Rashid Khan, I think, well, he takes wickets we know. He also keeps the runs on minimum. So with the the first ball not too far away, Phantom, uh, are there any late pushes for players that we need to get him in or uh, just focus on those uh, striker, strikers players, like you said, with the two games in uh, in the first round? Well, Gibbs, it's always good to um, keep up with the latest signings. And the new players are still rolling into their sides. Players are leaving, but players are coming into a place. And we saw... Um, uh, we know Glenn Maxwell is not going to be part of the BBL this summer, but fast to see the South African star has been a late signing for Perth, Perth Scorchers. 180k comes at a premium price. Don't pick him in round one, but plan for him in round two when the strikers hit the scene. We've got one more spot in our league, don't we? Is that right, Jace? We've got one more spot in our league for someone to join in and and, um, and uh, play against us. What, uh, what advice have you got for people setting the leagues up and, and how to go about it in these late stages? Well, of course, it's the best way to play a case of Super Tanks. Of course, you want to try to win the money. 25K is great. But you want to claim bragging right over your mates. So you can set up your league, six teams, 10 teams. This year, you can got 20 teams as well. So get on there, get a group of mates together and got another great way to enjoy the summer of uh, Supercoach. Fans, appreciate you jumping on, my friend. Looking forward to taking a few of these uh, few of these nuffies down on the KFC Supercoach BBL League. Head to supercoach.com.au. Thanks for your time, my friend. We'll chat again soon. Love you, Rick, boys. Good luck. The fans there. Uh, we've got Tom Kelly in, though. That's the most important thing. He pushed for himself, didn't he? Well, he said, get around me. He said, get, get me in. The concrete, I'm making runs this summer. The, get me in. The concrete cowboy. <laughs> the cowboy from Mitchum. He's, he, I've never met a kid more country, and I'm from the country. It's good. And he's going to come in the middle order, and it, we could be needing some big hitting through that middle order. We do need quick. some big hitting. So uh, I reckon it's a great addition to our squad, Milo. Um, speaking of additions, they've had to make an addition to the road after the Adelaide 500. <laughs> Shane Van Gisbergen, I want to play this audio because I'm going to put the question to Peter Malinowskis not too far away, about five or six minutes away. Uh, is in, did the road actually have to be repaired? He's gone and done one of the all-time burnouts after the Adelaide 500. And I'm a big fan of uh, like the, the burning rubber style of things. So I'm, I'm all about it. The smell of burning rubber gets me going. <laughs> this is what happened. This is Shane now celebrating his Repco Supercars Championship victory for 2022. And how appropriate to do it over the top of the Adelaide South Australia sign for the final event. Picture that engine's loving that. Yeah, I don't reckon the bitch of it is. <laughs> He's blocked the throttle. He's blocked the throttle to keep it going. We'll have to talk to the Premier again about resurfacing this joint. <laughs> Do not attempt this in your own home. <laughs> Do not attempt this in your... He took his shoe off, blocked the accelerator, got out of the car, walks over, gets the cup and just burns two holes in the road. And before that, got up and stood on the roof of yeah. the car while the car was still doing a burnout. Unreal. <laughs> well, it's a Do not try this at home massively, but we will talk to the Premier about the road being re- repaired. We're going to try to see if we can get the announcement of where the uh, Magic Round or Festival of Football game will be played. We're going to talk about Live Golf. Uh, we're going to also talk about everything else he's done Novak, for the state. Novak's going to be in town soon. Novak in town. He's a star. We're going to jump to the news early. Hopefully get Peter Malinowskis in around four or five minutes' time. Back in a moment. And Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than Welcome back. Who would have thought? Went to the news early. 7.58 on Wednesday, December 7. Miles Fitzner, Bryce Gibbs. 
Brought to you by Tire Power. The buying power puts the power in your lane. And Morn Team, everybody's talking about Morn Team. We love them. The Premier, moments away. The, the Premier is one that we can't just go do, 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 and dial up, is it? He, he needs to call us. He's, he's a bit like Margaret is to SEN in. We don't call her, she calls us. But oh, no, well, that's right. They swapped it around. And you're up and about. You're really looking forward to this interview. I am, because he's done, regardless of your political perspective, He's done no wrong in regards to to what we what we want in the state. We're getting it all. The live golf negotiations. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Adelaide Five Hundred, the road repairs. If you've got any questions for the Premier, oh four two seven one five four one double six. What I might even do, I'm going to jump the gun here too. We're giving away two Signet power banks so that we've got time for Alex Carey at the end. Now, you've you've you you want your man old to get one. I think he deserves one. Yeah, he came in for right. So, <laughs> and he sent a he sent a couple in today. So, um... so Aldi Signet Power Bank for you, and then Lockie, Lockie chimed in with a couple of good ones. Lock did. He was talking about one hundred and ten percent going to the test match. So, Lockie, you get a Signet Power Bank to the value of fifty nine ninety five. So, Aldi and Lock, you've got that back there. Jace, I'll be coming your way, and we love the Signet Power Banks. Absolutely love them. Alex Carey, don't forget around about eight fifteen to join us as well. Um, here on SNSA Summer Breakfast. Are you going to the cricket? Are you going to the cricket? That's oh, you. There's nobody else I'm talking sorry, to. I here. thought you were putting it out to uh, to the listeners. No. Uh, uh, yes, I'm I'm going to the cricket. Tomorrow? I'm going tomorrow. I won't be going tomorrow, no. It'll either be Friday or Saturday at this stage. Friday or Saturday. I'm, yep. I'm, I'm jumping away for the weekend. A little quiet one. You know, next Monday... I've got, I'm going to roll brekkie here and then I've just been called up for a little fill-in SE and track shift. So I've got, I've got the breakfast into the 12 till 6 shift on Monday. That's a big day. What time will you finish? 6. Oh, 6. You just said that. So we go 6 till 8.30 and then and then 11.55 till 6. Will you need a little nap in between? I don't know whether or not to have a nap or not or whether just to see how long I can hold on on national radio. How long I can... Sometimes you start to fade and that's half the battle of it because you start talking a bit funny and your speech goes yeah, a little actually bit. Actually, speaking SEN track, uh, while we wait for the Premier to get on the phone, uh, you do pretty well, usually on a Wednesday. You got anything for the listeners out there today? We're racing at Balaclava today, if you want to go up to Balaclava. Um, they can be notoriously tough little meetings, Balaclava. It, race number five... There's a horse there called Lope de Wolf at $2.15 in race number five. I think that'll go very, very close. Lope de Wolf. Race five, number two. Lope de Wolf will be the one I think might go reasonably well there. Race five, number two. Racing at Sandown as well today. And um, I think I'm going to go probably to race five, number one again, hard to cross. I think this will be hard to beat, hard to cross. So race five, number one for Paddy Payne and Dean Yendel at Sandown and race five, number two um, at Balaclava. But I've had to look to try and find just the best bets. I haven't done a full amount of form, as you can imagine. I didn't think we'd get to this point. We're in the, we're in the holding pattern. Just pen- we? We're just pending. Pending. We're in the holding pattern and pending. Uh, before, yeah, before, well, Mally's going to ring any minute. Mr. Peter Malinowskis, of course. Um, I want to play the final ball. We didn't actually get to the audio before of the final ball of the Australia v. West Indies, the 1993 game. 
But, but I, I love hearing the old school commentary about this. This is the final ball of the 93 test match, which is the 30th anniversary at the moment. Oh, he's tried to avoid it. It's hit the bat, then he's gone. And that test match has been won by one run. I can't believe it. The West Indians are delighted. Craig McDermott is so disappointed. The Australian dressing room will be decimated, but you can bet the West Indian dressing room will be absolutely jumping. Jumping. He turned McDermott. The ball went past his, well, nearly past his squad, hit the back of the bat and got caught behind. And, well, the fans have spoken in regards to the um, Twitter poll we had up too. Adelaide cricket fans, are you a fan of the day-night test or would you like to see the return of the red ball at Adelaide Oval? 66 say the pink ball and 34% say the red ball. As I see the phone line light up, that's where we get half excited. That's where we get half excited. That's three or four minutes of the best padding you'll ever see on radio, Bryce. I think it was a false alarm though too, Milo. So uh, we need to keep padding. Is it a false alarm? I think it was a false alarm. Have I jumped the gun here? Maybe it's the wrong peak. <laughs> we'll wait for him. Um, uh, I want to keep an eye on this Australian All Schools Track and Field Championship too, starting on Friday. Starting on Friday, because the kids in town, they always nearly break a record. Uh, speaking of which, it's just past eight o'clock and we go straight to the top of the tree and a man that is doing no wrong in leading the state here at the moment. He is the Premier of the state. We called it Keeper Day. We've had Ian Healy on. He's a gun keeper. We've had Alex Carey. Coming up after this, he's a gun keeper, and this fella's the keeper of the realm. He's the Premier, Mr. Peter Balanowskis, who joins us. Good morning, Mr. Premier. Good morning, gents. How are you both? Oh, we're well. Hey, uh, Mr. Premier, do we call you Premier, or Mally seemed to be a coined term. Is, are you okay with Mally? <laughs> a Mally is absolutely fine. That's what uh, everyone that knows me calls me. So, But Pete's fine as well, because I'm utterly, utterly relaxed about it, and yeah, no, it's a good time to be in South Australia at the moment, and I think we're all looking forward to a, a good good time this summer, and, and that's only started on the weekend. It certainly is. There's not one person uh, that is unhappy with how you're attacking it at the moment. The Adelaide 500, you promised to bring it back. You brought it back. You had six months to deliver it. You've delivered it. You brought in another 260,000 people into the state. Shane Van Gisbergen, he shags the road, absolutely ruined it. We don't worry about that sort of repair. <laughs> but, mate, you must be over the moon with the turnout for that. Uh, do you know what? I, my overwhelming emotion is probably relief because we, we took a bit of a risk. It was going to be, it was always going to be hard. I, when we made the commitment that we'd not just bring the race back, we'd bring it back this year and we'd try and make it bigger and better, we're out on a limb. And, uh, you know, within days after the election, I, I put together a, a small leadership team that was going to oversee this exercise. And I'm just so grateful to them and proud of all the people that put the work in. Uh, and it is a lot of work. Um, separately, you know, separately and individually across the whole setup and pack down, and then all the people that are working across the four days, there were two thousand over two thousand people inducted into the site. So, you know, there's a lot of a lot of effort that goes on behind the scenes, but it paid off. And like I said, I was, so my my principal emotion um, was relief. And I mean, I've said this a few times, but I, I'm not really a, a petrol head. But um, I could just see so much joy that everyone else was, who is a petrol head, um, got from the weekend, and, and that's good for the state, and, and it was certainly good for the economy. Speaking of the economy, uh, Mally, uh, can you measure it uh, in some sort of way? Like, and, and what what yeah. will it will it bring? In, like, what does an event like the Adelaide Five Hundred bring into this state economically? Because I can imagine it'd be quite significant. 
Yeah, it is significant. So it was um, in its most recent year that was held before on the weekend, it was $45 million worth of economic activity. So we we will get a, an equivalent figure of that in a few weeks' time um, once they do all the wash-up and we get a sense of exactly how full hotel rooms were and, and the like. But anecdotally, there wasn't a restaurant that wasn't packed. In fact, the, the challenge was, speaking to restaurateurs, is that they just couldn't find the staff to be able to manage their being booked out. That was their, their you know, challenge for the weekend. Um, but, you know, and similarly with hotel rooms, uh, com- you know, accommodation service providers, hotels and bars, they're all pretty wrapped. But the one thing that we can measure instantly is ticket sale and corporate sale revenue. And that was up over 60% on the last time we held the race, over 60% up. So, and a lot of that came from national corporates coming over for the event, which is a pretty good sign. So uh, that being the case, uh, I think it certainly... Uh, sets us up well for next year. And, and you're right about Shane's performance there at the end. There wasn't a, a national TV um, sport cover, coverage on the news that didn't um, cover that burnout at the end. And I was watching that happening and thinking to myself, well, this sorts out ticket sales for next year. So... Um, <laughs> Uh, small price to pay. Uh, let's talk about uh, other stuff that you've been busy with, and that would be the Live Golf. Uh, this is enormous. Yep. The ticket sales for this are flying. The negotiations, no doubt, um, were were pretty tough, um, but it was pretty sharply yep. done. Now, Greg Norman has brought it back to South Australia. This could be one of the biggest things to happen to the state in many, many years. So I, I appreciate that not everyone's a golf fan, but for the people that are, they understand exactly how big a deal it is to have Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, Cam Smith, um, Phil Mickelson. I mean, these are Dustin Johnson. I mean, the biggest names in world golf are all coming to Adelaide. We haven't seen this calibre of golfing tournament in Australia in 40 years. I mean, it hasn't happened in my lifetime to have these names all come into our country. And they're coming to Adelaide. Uh, and... You know, this, I mean, the fact that they sold, you know, sold 40,000 tickets in the space of a few days was a pretty good sign. And uh, again, when the accommodation providers told us that within days of that announcement, they were already starting to receive forward booking. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a big year next next year, particularly April, and and certainly the golf is is a component of it. Let's touch on April now. Uh, Magic Round Festival of Football, whatever you call it. The rumours going around now. On, look, we were going to. Th- you nearly drop live golf on us. You nearly drop live golf on us. Can you tell us where the other game is going to be? Is it Mount Barker? And if you remain <laughs> silent, we'll just assume it's Mount Barker. We'll just say, yeah, okay, we've broken it here first. So you don't. You don't have to say, but we'd love you to tell us where it's going to be. Look, I, I can't rule anything or rule anything out. Look, we're putting as um, look. I'll be honest about it. We're putting as much pressure on the AFL as we can to make sure that we take games outside of Metropolitan Adelaide, and we want to be able to showcase tourism, uh, tourist reasons. And we understand it needs to be relatively close to Adelaide, and the AFL's got reasons for that. But they've got very strict requirements in terms of the grounds themselves and the 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 size of the ground, um, the, the quality of the surface. Um, I appreciate it's not amateur league footy. Uh, that you know, I do wonder sometimes whether or not we've got a bit too soft over the years. But nonetheless, they've got it's a professional game, and 
they've got standards they've got to meet, and, and they've been doing a pretty broad assessment around the state of various places they can go outside of Metro Adelaide, and we keep that pressure on, and, and we look forward to the AFL announcing the draw in due course. Uh, now, Premier, we're not far away from the first bowl, ball being bowled at uh, the Adelaide Test. Uh, you know, we know you're a busy man, but uh, will you be heading along at any stage for a look uh, this year? I hope on the weekend. Um, I've got a bit going on, though, at the moment. <laughs> Just a little. The flood, <laughs> yeah, the, the flood situation is something that we really are monitoring on basically on an hourly basis now. So um, that's got my, my focus. I, I love the cricket. I love the Test. I've been a member of the SACA... Well, in fact, my, I'll tell you a little story. My dad, um, I was born at Calvary Hospital, and when I was asleep and mum was asleep, uh, dad walked down to Adelaide Oval and, and put me on the waiting list the day I was born. So, so I've been a member of the SACA since, since a little kid, and it's a bit of a ritual going down to the cricket. But if I get the chance, I will, but it will only be if everything appears to be under control in other parts of the state. Melly, I need a spare if you want me to flick your members over um, just maybe for three or four days <laughs> if, you, if you're not using it. No, no, look, if I'll, I'll let you know. I, I didn't get the transferable. I didn't get the transferable this year because my, my wife says she's not up for it this year. So I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Uh, you're doing a hell of a job. Many uh, sports fans, but I, I think just the general public are really happy with the state doing things, hosting things, aren't they, Gibbsy? He certainly is. And just one more going back to the Adelaide 500. Uh, not a bad little get from the entertainment point of view, Mr. Robbie Williams. Oh, uh, yeah, look... Yeah, look, I mean, we've got to make sure it's a, a festival. It's more than just the car race. It's a bit of a, an event, and we want families to be able to enjoy it. We want to be accessible for people in terms of ticket prices. And we, 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 went, we actually took the ticket prices back to back a decade, and now we've locked it in until the 31st of December. So the motorsport fans jump on board. But I'll give you this quick little plug for the state. We had the Harvest Rock Festival. That sold out more hotel rooms than we had ever before. Then we had the LA 500. Now we've got the test, which is still the best test to go to in the country, mind you. Then we've got Christmas. Then we'll go straight into the Tour Down Under. We come out of the Tour Down Under, go into the Fringe, which we've invested more money into, and we're aiming to, to crack a million ticket sales this year at the Fringe. Then we go into the, the festival, um, which is still the best high-end um, arts festival in the country. Come out of that into WOMAD. Come out of WOMAD and go into the... The, the magic round or whatever its new name will be, and then we go straight into live golf. Now, I, I, the rest of the country is talking about this, and I kid you not, because I, I invite you to think about it this way. Name me a new event that Sydney or Melbourne are, have, have captured in the last two or three years. Yeah. And you can't think of one. They're all happening here, and I think we should be proud of that. I think you should be very proud of what you've done, and I'm even more proud that you came on our show and confirmed that the other game's going to be at Mount Barker. We really appreciate... <laughs> no, uh, Hey, Mr. Premier, thank you very much for your time this morning. Uh, understand you're busy with the flood crisis and thoughts with everyone up there at the moment at Manham and even at Renmark further up the river. Thanks so much for your time, mate. You're doing a great job. Thanks a lot. Appreciate your support. Thank you. Peter Malinowska said he's the hell of a job, and while the floods are on too, I'm glad he I'm glad he's got his mind on that because it's pretty tough for a few out there. Desperately got to go to a break. Alex Carey on the other side. We continue the keepers. The keepers keep coming. We'll be back right on the other side of this. Remember, get the five minute tire safety check at your local tire power. Summer breakfast with Miles Fitzner and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than ever. Well, welcome back, SNSA Breakfast, Miles Fitzner, Bryce Gibbs. I think we've just had a little tech difficulty in the last minute or so, so we want to make sure we get this chat with Alex Carey right. So 
If you do have us, I'm not entirely sure what that noise is either. Thought it was Mally's phone, but it's something to do with uh, with ours, with our end. But we will chat to Alex straight after this show, and then we will uh, we will uh, play that chat for you tomorrow morning, and it'll go um, it'll go up uh, as a podcast and all that as well, of course. But we'll uh, we'll play that chat also tomorrow morning. Uh, good chat with Mally, wasn't it? He's a star, mate. What about that He's, that next uh, you know, six to eight month rundown he just given us? It's, just, good to, to, it's the, event after event after event after he, event. He also forgot the Adelaide Racing Carnival. I was I'm, that's got to be included. The Adelaide Racing Carnival has to be included. Adelaide Cup, Goodwood. That's a that's going to change. When's that, when's that again? What month? Uh, April May. April May. That's. Push back than usual. Yeah. Yeah. Um, headline, SA Premier calls AFL soft for not playing on certain grounds. Kev the Carpenter. Full marks to Pete. Pete for PM. Um, I see the dates have been moved to overlap Feast Festival's picnic at the park event in Runnell Park. Has the state thought through how the 500 will overlap and possibly affect the safety of the LGBTIQA plus community? I'm not sure. I can't read the rest of this text message because it goes out because it's so long. Did the state consult with Feast when they moved to December to November? Shouldn't there be better planning around events working together, especially when it affects important events um, like the Feast Festival, which has been around for 25 years, celebrating diversity and inclusion? I'm all about Feast Festival and, and inclusion. We are all about it. But I'm not sure more people around would only improve other events. I would have thought. I know they're different demographics um, as such, but I, I think... The more people around, the better. Um, someone's asking about the tech difficulty. I fully understand that. We might even try to jump to another break here, see if we can sort it out. We're going to have to record that chat with Alex Carey. We do apologise. And hopefully you've got us out there. We do it all today thanks to uh, Tire Power. The buying power puts the power in your lane. And Morn Team, of course, we love them because everyone's talking about Morn Team. Matt Barker. For immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power. Think safety this December. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Summer Breakfast with Miles Fitzner and Bryce Gibbs. I'm better than ever. Welcome back, 826 on Wednesday, December 7. We do apologise. We've just had a gremlin in the system there. Something's popped up and there was a noise in that was like a either a phone line or someone's got in the system here and stuffed something up. What we've had to do, now that we're out of time, Bryce Gibbs, is... We are going to chat to Alex Carey, well, in about six or seven minutes, but we won't be on air. So what we are going to do is record that interview. Uh, we'll have that interview for you, um, of course, tomorrow morning. Um, and we've only sort of got access to, to one player, unfortunately, before the, um, before the test match anyway. So Alex Carey's interview will be on tomorrow morning. You can also catch digital pieces of that at uh, via uh, SEN on Twitter, SENSA on Twitter, of course. Um, we do apologise. So um, a few people have chimed in today as well. Someone chimed in off the text, asked me to go down to Kingston to eat crayfish with them. Beer and golf play Narracourt then Kingston. Pretty keen on that too. We do apologise that we don't have Alex Carey this morning, but uh, that'll be played um, for you tomorrow morning. So sorry about that, Gibbsy. I wear full responsibility as the host. That's okay. Sometimes these things happen, Milo. And uh, yeah, as you said, there are a few gremlins in the system popping up. I think we've been... Um but yeah, that's all right. We'll uh, we'll move on. Might be the Optus hackers getting us. <laughs> the Optus hackers, every, every chance. Uh, test match tomorrow, jam packed show coming tomorrow. Jared Waitley, possibly Damien Fleming, um, Peter Siddle, 
Um, maybe, maybe in a former Australian cricket coach and maybe a former West Indian fast bowler. So looking stacked at this stage. Just depends. This time of year, you're ringing around and whatever people are in and then they're out and they're in and then they're out. I don't know. It's like family Christmas, isn't it? Regardless, it's going to be a, a big, a big show tomorrow. Big show tomorrow. Leading into. The Adelaide Test, which uh, I'm starting to get a bit excited about. Yeah, I'm pretty keen too. I'm tomorrow night, and see the best part is we don't have um, we don't have Friday morning like breakfast, so we can maybe just tip a couple in, maybe just a couple of quiet ones. Um, the Twitter polls, um, like we said, sixty six thirty three for the pink ball to remain a day night test in favour of yes, remain a day night test. Once again, you can catch all the interviews. Mally, it was a super chat, super super chat. Couldn't be more impressed with him. He's not doing much wrong. Put it that way. You want to get this flood stuff right and look yeah. after the people that are yep. in trouble. That's always really important, isn't it? And we're thinking of everyone that's going through a bit of a hard time out in those areas. One hundred percent. Alex Kerry interview tomorrow. We're going to do that in about five minutes here, but that'll be running tomorrow. Like we mentioned, Jared Waitley to join us. Damien Fleming, um, possibly former Australian coach, West Indian fast bowler, as well as. A host of others. Big show tomorrow. Test match day. Excited. Get excited, Adelaide. Don't forget, go and follow us on Twitter at SENSA. Um, you can go and follow there. And we're going to talk about next week too, all the TikToks that have started. And uh, we've started Crows Nation and Port Power Nation for AFL Nation, designated broadcast. We'll talk about that next week as well. See you tomorrow morning.